Let's pray. Today I'm going to be reading Step 10 out of the 12 and 12 traditions. One of the best literatures. We have the best literature in all the world. And in our meetings, we have the best coffee, the best attitudes, and the best secretaries in all the world. I declare it so. Let's go ahead and uh, pray the uh, seven-step prayer, please. My Creator, I am now willing that He should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect that stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me the strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. Amen. Welcome to today's reading. I pray that you hear something in here that will revolutionize your life and get you fired up about Step 10 and the wonderful literature that's here. Nobel Prize winner. Probably turned it down. Bill W. Just an amazing... Uh, no psychology here. No kind of counseling, but true words that save lives and proven to save lives and continue to save millions of lives. Words. Here we go. Continue to take personal inventory and when we're wrong, promptly admitting it. As we work the first nine steps, we prepare ourselves for the adventure of a new life. But when we approach step 10, we commence to put our AA way of living to practical use day by day in fair weather or foul. Then comes the acid test. Can we stay sober, keep in emotional balance, and live to good purposes under all conditions? A continuous look at our assets and liabilities and a real desire to learn and grow by this means are necessities for us. We alcoholics have learned this the hard way. More experienced people, of course, in all times and places, have practiced unsparing self-serving and criticism. For the wise have always known that no one can make much of his life until self-searching becomes a regular habit, until he is able to admit and accept what he finds, and until he patiently and persistently tries to correct what is wrong. When a drunk has a terrific hangover because he drank heavily yesterday, he cannot live well today. But there is another kind of hangover which we all experience whether we are drinking or not. That is the emotional hangover, the direct result of yesterday and sometimes today's excess of negative emotions. Anger, fear, jealousy, and the like. If we will live serenely today and tomorrow, we will certainly need to eliminate these hangovers. These doesn't mean we need to wander morbidly around in the past. It requires an admission and correction of errors now. Our inventory enables us to settle with the past. When this is done, we are really able to leave it behind. When our inventory is carefully taken and we have made peace with ourselves, the conviction follows that tomorrow's challenges can be met as they come. Although all inventories are alike in principle, the time factor does distinguish one from another. There's the spot check inventory, taken at any time of the day. Whenever we find ourselves getting tangled up, 
There's the one we take at the day's end. When we review the happenings of the hours just past, here we cast up a balance sheet, crediting ourselves with things well done and chalking up debits where due. Then there are those occasions when alone or in company of our sponsor or spiritual advisor, we make a careful review of our progress since the last time. Many AAs go in for annual or semi-annual house cleaning. <laughs> Many of us also like the experience of an occasional retreat from the outside world where we can quiet down for an undisturbed day or so of self-overhaul and meditation. Aren't these practices joy killers as well as time consumers? Must AA spend most of their walking hours dreadily rehashing their sins of omission or commission? Well, hardly. The emphasis of inventory is heavily only because a great many of us have never really acquired the habit of accurate self-appraisal. Once this healthy practice has become grooved, it will be so interested and profitable that the time it takes won't be missed. Again, once this healthy practice has become grooved, habitual, it will be so interesting and profitable that the time it takes won't be missed. Fernando, for these minutes and sometimes hours spent in self-examination are bound to make up the other hours of our day better and happier. And at length, our inventories become a regular part of everyday living rather than something unusual or set apart. Before we ask what a spot check inventory is, let's look at the kind of setting in which such an inventory can do its work. It is a spiritual axiom that every time we are disturbed, no matter what the cost, there is something wrong with us. If somebody hurts us and we are sore, we are in the wrong also. But are there no exceptions to this rule? What about justifiable anger? If somebody cheats us, aren't we entitled to be mad? Can't we be properly angry with self-righteous folks? For us of AA, these are dangerous exceptions. We have found that justified anger ought to be left to those better qualified to handle it. Few people have been more victimized by resentment than have we alcoholics. It matters little whether our resentments were justified or not. A burst of temper could spoil a day, and a well-nursed grudge could make us miserably ineffective. Nor were we ever skillful in separating justified from unjustified anger. As we saw it, our wrath was always justified. Anger, that occasional luxury of more balanced people, could keep us on an emotional jag indefinitely. These emotional dry benders often led straight to the bottle. Other kinds of disturbances, jealousies, envy, self-pity, or hurt pride did the same thing. A spot check inventory taking in the midst of such disturbances can be of very great help in quieting stormy emotions. Today's spot check finds its chief application to situations which arise in each day's march. 
The consideration of long-standing difficulties had better be postponed, when possible, to times deliberately set aside for that purpose. The quick inventory is aimed at our daily ups and downs, especially those where people or new events throw us off balance and tempt us to make mistakes. In all these situations, we need self-restraint, honest analysis of what is involved, a willingness to admit when the fault is ours, and an equal willingness to forgive when the fault is elsewhere. We need not be discouraged when we fall into the error of our old ways, for these disciplines are not easy. We shall look for progress, not for perfection. Our first objective will be the development of self-restraint. This carries a top priority rating. When we speak or act hastily or rashly, the ability to be fair-minded and tolerant evaporates on the spot. One kind tirade or one willful snap judgment can ruin our relationship with another person for a whole day or maybe a whole year. Nothing pays off like restraint of tongue and pen. We must avoid quick-tempered criticism and furious, power-driven arguments. The same goes for sucking or silent scorn. These are emotional booby traps, baited with pride and vengefulness. Our first job is to sidestep the traps. When we are tempted by the bait, we should train ourselves to step back and think. <clears throat> For we can neither think nor act to good purpose until the habit of self-restraint has become automatic. Disagreeable or unexpected problems are not the only ones that call for self-control. We must be quite as careful when we begin to achieve some measure of importance and material success. For no people have ever loved personal triumphs more than we have loved them. We drank of success as of a wine which could never fail to make us feel elated. When temporary good fortune came our way, we indulged ourselves in fantasies of still greater victories over people and circumstances. Thus blinded by prideful self-confidence, we were apt to play the big shot. Of course, people turned away from us, bored or hurt. Now that we're in AA and sober and winning back the esteem of our friends and business associates, we find that we still need to exercise special vigilance. As an insurance against big shotism, we can often check ourselves by remembering that we are today sober only by the grace of God and that any success we may be having is far more His success than ours. Finally, we begin to see that all people, including ourselves, are to some extent emotional, ill, as well as frequently wrong. And then we approach true tolerance and see what real love for our fellows actually means. It will become more and more evident as we go forward that it is pointless to become angry or to get hurt by people who, like us, are suffering from the pains of Growing up, <laughs> such a radical change in our outlook will take time, maybe a lot of time. Not many people can truthfully assert that they love everybody. Most of us must admit that we have loved but a few. 
that we have been quite indifferent to the many so long as none of them gave us trouble. And as for the remainder, well, we have really disliked or hated them. Although these attitudes are common enough, we AAs find we need something much better in order to keep our balance. We can't stand it if we hate deeply. The idea that we can be possessively loving of a few can ignore the many and can continue to fear or hate anybody has to be abandoned, if only little at a time. We can try to stop making unreasonable demands upon those we love. We can show kindness where we have shown none with those we dislike. We can begin to practice justice and courtesy, perhaps going out of our way to understand and help them. Whenever we fail any of these people, we can promptly admit it to ourselves always and to them also. When the admission would be helpful, courtesy, kindness, justice, and love are the key notes by which we may come into harmony with practically anybody. When in doubt, we can always pause saying, Not my will, but thine be done. And we can often ask ourselves, Am I doing to others as I would have them do to me today? When evening comes, perhaps just before going to sleep, many of us draw up a balance sheet for the day. This is a good place to remember that inventory taking is not always done in red ink. It's a poor day indeed when we haven't done something right. As a matter of fact, the walking hours are usually well filled with things that are constructive. Good intentions, good thoughts, and good acts are there for us to see. Even when we have tried hard and failed, we may chalk that up as one of the greatest credits of all. Under these conditions, the pains of failure are converted into assets. Out of them, we receive the stimulation we need to go forward. Someone who knew what he was talking about once remarked that pain was the touchstone of all spiritual progress. How heartily we A's can agree with him. For we know that the pains of drinking had to come before sobriety and emotional turmoil before serenity. As we glance down the debit side of the day's ledger, we should carefully examine our motives in each thought or act that appears to be wrong. In most cases, our motives won't be hard to see and understand. When prideful, angry, jealousy, anxious, or fearful, we acted accordingly, and that was that. Here, we need only to recognize that we did act or think badly, try to visualize how we might have done better, and resolve with God's help to carry these lessons over into tomorrow, making, of course, any amends still neglected. But in other instances, only the closest scrutiny will reveal what our true motives were. We are cases where our ancient enemy, rationalization, has stepped in and has justified conduct which was really wrong. The temptation here is to imagine that we had had good motives and reason when we really didn't. We constructively criticized someone who needed it when our real motive was to win a useless argument. Or the person concerned not being present 
We thought we were helping others to understand him, when in actually our true motive was to feel superior by pulling him down. We sometimes hurt those we love because they need to be taught a lesson when we really want to punish. We were depressed and complained we felt bad when in fact we were mainly asking for sympathy and attention. This odd trait of mind and emotions, this perverse wish to hide a bad motive underneath a good one, permeates human affairs from top to bottom. This subtle and elusive kind of self-righteousness can underlie the smallest act or thought. Learning daily to spot, admit, and correct these flaws is the essence of character building and good living. An honest regret for harms done, a genuine gratitude for blessings received, and a willingness to try for better things tomorrow will be the permanent assets we shall seek. Having so considered our day, not omitting or take due note of things well done, and having searched our hearts with neither fear nor favor, we can truly thank God for the blessings we have received and sleep in good conscience. I've been reading from 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous World Services, Inc. Step 10 by Bill W. Thank you. Mm-hmm.